And I'm Dave. And this is Preview with a Prior. The show where we speculate about the upcoming episode of Better Call Saul. Often incorrectly. Dave, so good to be with you, my friend. It is uh, lunchtime on Friday, and we are going to do our best to knock out Preview with the Prior. Uh, Jeff is in a car somewhere between Chicago and Nashville, Tennessee, so he won't be joining us today. Um, uh-huh. So I guess with that, let's get right into it with some uh, online correspondence, and then we'll give our predictions of the upcoming episode, and, uh, and then we'll wrap this puppy up, all right? Sounds like a plan. All right, here we go. These are some of the best online correspondence comments from the past week since episode 305 aired, which, by the way, a lot of people still talking about episode 305. It was a pretty fantastic episode, so yeah, it should. Keep doing it. (laughs) Right. All right. From uh, the TV Showtime app, Sherry Palmasano. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Sherry Palmasano. If I if I butcher that, I apologize. You're not the only one I've done that to. She says, um, <clears throat> so the truth comes out. Chuck has always been looking for a way to take away Jimmy's law license. If it had been anyone else, he would have just let Mesa Verde go and moved on. No. You don't think so? No. I think maybe he is more hardcore about it because it's Jimmy, but I think mm-hmm. he would have done this no matter what happened because he knew. I mean, he's right. <laughs> right right yeah yeah i'd say uh uh jimmy i yeah i i i would agree i would say that chuck would um would still try to uh destroy anybody that messed with him like that but it, it's just a little bit more intense because uh you know it's his brother right i think it adds to it but i don't so i guess it would be different if it weren't jimmy mm-hmm. but he'd still be mm-hmm. pursuing to clear everything and bring those evil doers to justice mm-hmm from the TV Showtime app again, uh, F. Qureshi. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I don't really know how to make the sound of when there's an F and a Q together, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna assume this is a uh, you know like an abbreviated screen name. So for Qureshi, F. Qureshi, F. Qureshi. He says, "Awesome podcast. Loved your guys' insight. One thing I noticed you missed mentioning, which I found quite interesting, is that." It was the prosecutor guy mentioning mental illness that seemed to cause Chuck to go into his rant. I don't think so. I did notice. I, I did notice though that as soon as that came out, then the the prosecutor guy switched over and said mental illness mm. because that was has come to light. So maybe that did, but I don't think that's what necessarily triggered Chuck. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's part of his like I got to say something now because people think I'm slipping, you know. Yeah, I, 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 it did kind of catch my ear when he uh, he said, you have to admit you sound unhinged. Right. And I think that kind of took me off guard, too, because I was like, would they say unhinged in like a sterile legal setting? Like, <laughs> like I think so. That sounds almost... Really? You think so? Like, I think I mean, I guess the, it seemed like the, the prosecutor guy was being very, uh, what's the word, objective and was mm-hmm. making sure about, you know, he would ask things that a normal prosecutor, if he was really representing Chuck... He wouldn't ask. He was mm. kind of attacking both sides. But he didn't mm. say mental illness until after the battery incident, correct? Which I think that's what uh, he was driving at, the commenter. Gotcha. Okay, well, F. Karachi, I, I hope I didn't trash your name, but uh, thank you 
for uh, listening to us and uh, commenting on the TV Showtime app. I'm more happy uh, that you said it was an awesome podcast that we have insight. Yeah, solid. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Danny Goodman actually wrote us an old-fashioned email. How's that for shit? Oh, my gosh. Did you, did yeah. you have to buy a stamp for that? <laughs> he says, uh, "He says first of all, Michael McKean will get an Emmy, Emmy nomination for this episode. A lot of people have been saying that. Yeah, I, I, this might... <laughs> I think so, man. He's killing it this year. Well, good. I, I hope so. He he nailed it, and uh, particularly that last scene. Oh, God. Uh, he says, uh, Danny goes on to say, I sense the buzzing exit sign marks a major turning point for the series, at least for the non-Mike uh, storyline. Possible ed- exits. Jimmy becomes Saul, which is, you know, obviously a given. Exit. Uh, Chuck gets out of law, or at least uh, Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill. Exit. Uh, Jimmy will get out of Chuck's life. Exit. He says uh, Chuck <laughs> might conquer his disease thanks to Jimmy. That would be that interesting because nice- I think some people think he's gonna it's gonna drive him farther, and some people think that he might have to face it. I do have comments on it for my predictions. Yeah, I, I never. I guess I never considered that before, but we've talked about how they're they're. Their back and forth is always like with a little dose of like it'll be better for the other guy. Yeah. So it it'd be nice if like uh that's that's how they come to like an understanding or at least like some sort of reconciliation is if Chuck just kinda comes to terms that uh that it's all on his head and and kinda moves on because uh of the way Jimmy uh put him on blast as the kids are saying nowadays. That's true, but Jimmy wasn't keeping it a hundred, so I don't know if they're really going to reconcile. Mm, mm. Mm. Semicolon and parenthesis. Semicolon and parenthesis. <laughs> uh, Danny goes on to say uh, he doesn't want this one, but he thinks Chuck might take his own life as a final dig at Jimmy. That'd be the ultimate vindictive move. Uh, like this is your uh, fault. <laughs> and something Jeff had said, I think, is a joke. But I mean, why not? It's dark. I mean, Vince Gilligan does just some dark things. Yeah, that, I don't know. That just seems like a little bit too intense, I guess, for Better Call Saul. But yeah, who it's knows? A little, I it's mean, a little Baroque, wouldn't you think? <laughs> also, uh, missed a great yes. opportunity to talk about how you and I are actually both Baroque. <laughs> 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 Our podcast is quite Baroque. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> from Twitter... M.H. Duncan says, just because Chuck has a mental condition, how does that absolve him from the charges? Like, how does that absolve Jimmy if Chuck is insane? I think we definitely got wrapped up in this in the uh, in episode 305. Jimmy mm-hmm. messing with Mesa Verde is not the issue. The only things that they are concerned with in this trial is breaking the tape and breaking into Chuck's house. Right. So it wouldn't but absolve does- Jimmy. Gotcha. Okay. But it might protect him from when he does pursue the Mesa Verde tampering. Now mm -hmm. it's word against word and Chuck is showing he's crazy. I don't think it's an absolution that they're looking for. It's just Jimmy is looking to avoid getting disbarred. Yeah. So, so just because they go through a disciplinary hearing and he admits to doing what he did, doesn't mean that he'll be disbarred because by, Putting the case in whatever context he wants, 
he's saying to the bar, like, yeah, I did this, but this was the reason for doing so. Can you blame me? Like, I was driven to this. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, like I, I was driven to this, so you shouldn't just bar me because I'm guilty. You shouldn't, you shouldn't just bar me because uh, I, was, I was forced to make this move. I was forced to do this. Well, and also column A, column B, because that combined with avoiding going to trial for tampering with the Mesa Verde information because mm-hmm. that will definitely get him to spar too yeah uh from twitter mall of america our buddy says uh in the uh it's all Goodman recap you know howard hamlin sense chuck's illness would factor in that not a surprise uh the store manager should have also been on the list yeah we uh we went back and forth on this for a while actually mall mm-hmm. of america and i and uh i guess he was calling it kind of a plot hole and i was thinking more of it was a uh a character flaw mm. on Chuck's part. Like, yeah, like his hubris wouldn't allow him to think that his mental capacity would come into question. So he wouldn't have to bring in the copy shop guy because the copy shop guy isn't related to the situation in Chuck's house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he seems Fair to think, enough. or he thinks that Chuck should have the foresight to think Jimmy's going to attack his mental capacity and should have covered all of his bases. But in this case, then he should have had Ernesto in too. Mm-hmm. All right. Aaron Taylor from Twitter says, uh, this wasn't the first mention of the other Hamlin. Howard mentioned his father bringing him into the firm to add another H when Kim left Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill. I don't remember that. Stop being smarter I, I, than us. Eddie, uh, Eddie Quino, Quinones at, from Twitter. Eddie, if I uh, mispronounced your name, I am so sorry. But Eddie Quin- Quinones uh, says, season two, when Kim resigns, to hang up her own shingle, Howard says he's envious. He thought he he thought of doing that, but stayed with his dad's firm. I think I think I vaguely remember this. I think what happened was is because you and I talked to Patrick Fabian and he said he doesn't have any idea who the other you know he was like well uh-huh. it's kind of up in the air right now. I think how we took it was, I think what might have been our our thought at the time is like even though it's Hamlin Hamlin McGill, our talk with Patrick Fabian kind of swayed us the other way, and like the other H might not necessarily be his dad. So like yeah, he might have wanted to strike out on his own and stay with his dad, and then later created Hamlin Hamlin McGill. That might have been our thinking. Uh, um, I would have to go back and listen to the episodes. If not, that's totally something Dave and I missed. But um, it, it's it's weird because I, I kind of re- I remember that from. Season two, but I also remember uh, Patrick Fabian telling us that, you know, like he kind of avoided the question and he's like, right. I don't know. He's like, who do you think it is? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, that I thought that so, was from like the season one chat. It, it might've been, I, I don't know. It, it, I just remember it happening. That's a long, long time ago, but either way, if, uh, if that's true, totally good catch. And Dave and I have been waiting for the answer to a question that we should have known for at least a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't the first time in our lives we've been in that situation. So, Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something we've been known to do from I think time last to time. time I said, Mommy, do you love me? I had to wait over a year for the answer. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Dave. Poor Dave. <laughs> All right. So uh, predictions for episode 306, which is called Off- brand um if you look at the next time on better call Saul, i forgot to watch that damn it uh i i i uh, i watched it but i nothing struck me as too memorable but they had a preview scene 
for the next episode. And uh, Crazy Eight enters um, the Winking Greek restaurant, has a chat with uh, has a chat with Nacho, and he's short on the money for his payment. Nacho says, uh, "You're short. How come you're not making it up on your end?" Uh, Crazy Eight comes back with. Um, he doesn't have the money right now, but he'll make sure to make up for it next week. And Nacho kind of lets him off the hook, and he's like, all right, next week, pay me the money, right? Mm. So while all this transpires, uh, Hector is actually reading a newspaper in the background, and after Crazy 8 leaves the restaurant, Hector says, um, who's the boss, or who's the boss of who? Basically saying that Nacho should have probably put a stop to that and demanded his money right at that moment to gain their respect. That or he should have deferred to Hector instead of yeah, just making the decision, right? May, maybe, but like that would make that would make Nacho look weak. True, that's but, a weak. Prop, yeah, but Nacho's that's not a weak the boss. proposition. As he is, he is the boss because Crazy is part of his crew, so Nacho probably pays up to Hector. Hmm. I'm like thinking you know about what I mean? when Don Eladio had Hector kill Max over being presumptuous. Right, you know. but Don Eladio is Hector's boss. That'd be like me if I have a problem with one of my mainline employees. Instead of taking care of it myself, I go to my district manager and say, hey, uh, could you take care of this guy? Because he keeps clocking in late. You oh, know so, what I mean? Wait, so you're saying Hector th- was implying that Crazy 8 was the boss over Nacho, not Nacho was the boss that- over Hector? Hector was implying that Nacho is weak on his guys. Okay. So he's saying he he doesn't have the respect that he should from Crazy 8 because Crazy 8 blatantly did not pay him his full money. Right. I thought you meant Hector was pissed because Nacho went over Hector's head and let him slide. No, no, no. Hector Hector said, who's the boss of who? Because his point was uh, Nacho should have put a stop to it right there. And got his fucking money, but he didn't. He went along with the whole, like, oh, yeah, you can pay it next week instead of demanding the money like a true boss. Well, that's a good boss. Right? <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. sometimes you, like, you have to do that for uh, it's an investment in the long term instead of, like, forcing somebody to come up with the money now, which may, in the short term, or may kind of screw things over in the long term. You, you just mm-hmm. kind of let it slide. So it's a long-term investment. You'll get your money in the back end. Right. Yeah, but I, I don't think traditionally <laughs> uh I don't think traditionally cartels are worried about the repercussions from human resources. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're more they're more kind of old school and hands on. So anyway, interesting scene. It'll be great to see how that plays out. Yeah. The official synopsis from AO- AMC from episode three oh six is Jimmy embarks on a new endeavor while Chuck pushes himself to the limit. Nacho finds himself ensnared in a power struggle. So there you go. So we talked about the power struggle. Jimmy embarks on a new endeavor. Uh, I think he's going camping in the Adirondacks. <laughs> with a backpack full of money? Or with a uh, bag full of money? <laughs> I don't know. It's that's, that's a tease. I think that's a tease. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think he's going to change his lawing personality yet. No, I think it probably makes like like starts pushing him more towards moving from elder law to criminal criminal, law. criminal defense. Yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe he'll finally maybe he'll finally get an office. Heyo, in a strip mall. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chuck he ha- pushes he has an office. He shares a space with Kim. Yeah, but like the office that we all know and have seen 
before. I think is where he'll probably go. I think he's going to become Saul first. Okay. Uh, Chuck pushes himself to the limit. Okay, this was a note that I had for my predictions. Mm -hmm. Two things. One, I think uh, Chuck's still going to deny it at first, but then Rebecca's going to help sway him, and then he's going to start to realize Rebecca's actually the trigger. Mm -hmm. And I am predicting that for some reason I have this scene playing out in my head where it's like Chuck and Jimmy are talking, and Chuck's like, so how long have you known? You know, like, when did you figure Mm -hmm. it out? That whole typical scene. Mm -hmm. And then Jimmy has to explain, like, oh, I figured it out a while ago, but blah, 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 you know. Yeah, I think uh, I I actually think for the next episode, we're going to see a lot of uh, Mike and Nacho. That's exactly my next note is we're going to be a lot of Nacho slash Mike interaction. And that's the end of my notes. Yeah, I think what they'll they'll probably do is let us hang for a little bit off yeah. of uh, the ending of it, it, if anything, it'll be like a three minute scene. And then just to like restore the balance of the use of characters in the show, they'll switch focus for a bit to to Mike and Nacho and that whole storyline and uh, let everybody just sit on what transpired in 305. Right. You know what would be a cool thing to do is to try start trying to predict what the opening scene is going to be. Okay. I think the opening scene will be... Uh, I think the opening scene will be... Oh, you know what? Actually, in the next time, I better guess... Uh, there was like a short, uh, brief clip of Hamlin of Hamlin uh, talking to Chuck and telling him that he's at a crossroads. So I would bet that's the next opening scene. I bet the opening scene will take place uh, actually a few minutes or a short amount of time after the last scene of 305, and we'll, we won't hear the verdict of whether or not Jimmy is disbarred, but it, it'll be part of uh, Jimmy and Chuck's conversation, or sorry, of Hamlin and Chuck's conversation where Hamlin is telling him, you know, hey, uh, you're you're at a crossroads, man. You're kind of losing it. Um, you're you're kind of losing touch a bit. You need to step back. Plus, remember, Hamlin told Chuck not to not to take the stand, and Chuck, um, Chuck was determined to. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be it'll probably be the heart to heart where Hamlin's like, look, this is me and my father's firm. Uh, you're really kind of starting to fuck shit up. Okay, I don't I I don't mm-hmm. I see that scene happening, but I don't see that as the opening scene. I'm Fuck say, you then. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the opening scene is never linear. It's never directly related to uh, the same timeline, mm-hmm. as it were. It's always something to introduce, like, the theme of the episode, right? Uh, typically, set, I think. To set yeah. some things up. So I'm going to say the opening scene is going to be a scene between Jimmy. No, they just did the scene between Jimmy and Chuck. So I'll say it's going to be something about Mike. Does they ever do opening scenes with Mike? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it has something to do with Mike. Mike's going to be in the cold open. Okay. Awesome. Maybe Mike devises another plan. Or maybe it'll be like another heist of uh, of Hector's trucks. Yeah, maybe. Because remember, as long as Mike doesn't kill Hector, he kind of has the okay from Gus to keep messing with him. True, but I don't so think it's going to just- be anything in the current timeline. That's the thing. It's going to be something... You know, oh. either a flashback or a flash forward. But there's usually flashbacks. Well, right. I don't know. But well. then again, the one where they were waiting, where Chuck was waiting for Jimmy to break in, was a current opening scene. Mm-hmm. So I stand corrected on that. 
Okay, well, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, before we sign off, I just want to tell you guys of something cool that's happening right now. I made a comment about how I wish there was a way for people in uh, in uh, overseas from where we're at to maybe win some prizes. And uh, I don't have the details at 100% right now, so, but I'll probably announce them next week. But one of our listeners has uh, a company that prints T-shirts, uh, and he's based in the U.K., so uh, he's going to print up five T-shirts, and we'll be able to give them away. Uh, they'll have our logo on them. We'll be able to give them away as prizes to some of our uh, United Kingdom listeners, which is super solid on his part. Yeah. I don't want to announce his name and company and everything yet just because I want to make sure it's 100% right. a go. But uh, keep on the lookout for that. Way cool that our listeners are kind of uh, you know looking out for each other. We have the best listeners. Totally. So um, anybody from Australia or Europe, if you guys have some, if you guys have some sort of business and uh, you know want to put together a contest for people in your area of the world, um, please reach out and do so. Make sure to download the TV Showtime app and uh, check out the Better Call Saul community on there. It's super awesome. Um, make sure to check out the Nothing Important podcast at nothingimportantpodcast.com. We just recorded with uh, Patricia Somerset who is the voice of Zelda in the brand new game, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. Super, super fun chick. It was it was great talking with her. Uh, make sure to keep an eye out next week. Uh, Jeff and I will be releasing A Plumbus Among Us, the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast. Make sure to check that out. And of course, make sure to look for us as the credit rolls on episode 306, Monday night. The only podcast to be out there as the credits roll. If we were any faster, we would be live. Jeff and Dave, Patrick Fabian is on the Someone Important Hotline. Patrick, thanks for joining us again. Hey, Patrick. Absolutely. I love being on the Someone Important Hotline. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Patrick? Patrick is now... Excellent. We're doing great. Patrick, I think you're now tied with uh, uh, comedian Owen Benjamin as a person who's uh, wasted enough, wasted the most time speaking with us. So congratulations <laughs> to that. You know what? I'll, I'll take that honor. Does it come with a, with a paper cap or a crown of some sorts? I would imagine somewhere along the line. There's got to be something left over from Chuck E. Cheese's or medieval times you guys got lying around the house, right? Yeah. I think I have, you know, a, plastic, I have a plastic submarine, submarine from the Museum of Science and Industry I can send your way. <laughs> I, <laughs> we are um me and my wife we are moving uh houses so we're packing up the old house and i found like a big wad of uh, mardi gras bees from like 1998 which <laughs> we don't have any idea where they came from because i have i've never been to mardi gras especially not in high school so i could probably send those to you if you like you know you just said mardi gras beads and already my shirt's off so i'm doing this interview topless <laughs> oh i know fantastic <laughs> This is why we should have done the video chat, Dave. You need to get that all set up and ready to go. <laughs> Next time, nothing excites women more than fifty-year-old men taking their shirts off. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Dave and I a while ago did an interview with Billy Presida from the Man Horror Podcast, and uh, he was shirtless when he came on the video chat. It was, it was, uh, it was really? kind of awkward. Like, yeah, was like, you know, that's right. that's bold and a little alarming all at the same time. 
Yeah, nipple game was on point though. He he was he owned it. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to podcast the video, so the video is always lost. It's just the audio that we share. Yeah. Yeah. That was more for just to, for us. I have to take my word for it. It was glorious. It was, <laughs> so so um, I mean Instagram of it, yeah. <laughs> Patrick, um uh Season three, uh, wonderful job so far in season three. I've, I've seen the first two episodes, but I don't think Dave or Jeff has yet. Uh, so I'm probably going to leave them in, in the dark talking a little bit. But um, one thing I have to say uh, that I love about uh, Howard Hamlin is uh, his Superman stance. Whenever he's standing, it's always very proper and like arms to the side, like just ready to rock. Well, you know, some people say it's ready to rock. It, it's Howard's version of being a predator animal, I think. Uh, other people would say it's it's what people look like when they have a stick up their ass. So it all depends <laughs> on what your perspective is. Um, in episode two, and this isn't really a spoiler, guys, but in episode two, uh, there's a scene where you're hopping over fences and you're running through backyards. Um, did you did did you uh, do all that yourself? Did you hop the fence and run through the yard? Let's yourself? call it what, gentlemen. Let's call it was. Did I d- attempt those dangerous stunts all on my own? <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I, I did. Um, and it's funny because uh, you know when they've written it in, you know they actually gave me a call out at the beginning to say like, "Hey, we might having you do this these things." And I was like, "Well, sure. That that's that seems like no problem." But it's a fair <laughs> question because they're like, "You're going to be in your suit," and I'm like, "Oh, right." And they're like, "You know." Uh, in the end, when we started doing it, and this is blowing my own horn a little bit, but uh, Vince was like, he goes, now remember, he goes, I know you do triathlons and you're actually in shape. We, <laughs> we, we, can't, have, we can't have you just vault over them like it's the Olympics. <laughs> and, and I thought that was really cute because then we go standing next to this wall and I'm like, it's like a seven foot concrete wall or an eight foot concrete wall. I'm like, what if you think I'm going to vault over? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so... Uh, it ended up being really good. We only had two suits because I was worried about, you know, scraping knees and, and, and sort of bruises. I was, I was most worried about Jennifer Bryant who makes my suits, <laughs> um, having a, having a shit fit of, of me, like, you know, ripping them because the suits are worth more than me on the show with monetarily <laughs> without a doubt. So, <laughs> but I have I, to say it was, it was even on the day, it was sort of ridiculous because I was, I was literally like, well, Howard's going over the wall and doing this thing. So I was just doing, yeah, I'm just doing my thing. You know, I thought, well, this is an easy day, right? I have no, there's no acting involved. I'm literally just having to vault walls and go. And uh, Video Village was cracking up. And I was like, what's so funny? And they're like, oh, it's, it's funny watching you come over a wall. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, curious to, I'm curious to see the final results. I know there was a little bit in the trailer that's already out. And, uh, and some people on the interweb have already gotten very excited about wanting to make some sort of meme out of it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see exactly what goes on. Well, I, I can say personally that it came out really well. And uh, I love at the end, you know, Howard, because like I said, I always interpret the character as um, not really so much cocky, just always in game mode, just like ready to go, you know, like with the Superman stances. And I, I loved after like it was like the second or third Waller, however many number of walls it was, uh, he just instantly went back to, you know, like straight in the suit, like, all right, business over. And then just continues on his, on his way. It was very Terminator-esque. <laughs> you know, you know, you know it, eight, there's a bit of an apex predator in him without a doubt. And also, you know, given, uh, we can, can we talk about the episode a little bit? I'm fine. Yeah, right? I, I'm going to watch it tonight. So, and I've seen the first one. So yeah, okay, great. Well, then, I, I'm, I'm not too much. Uh, this is more just tonally. Um, I find it very interesting that um, he's willing to go to those lengths. The reason he's doing the wall stuff is still 
is still in deference to Chuck. He's still indebted or obligated or respects or whatever you want to do, whatever his obligation is to Chuck, is still so intact that he is willing to do that kind of action in that kind of suit. And so by the time he gets over the final wall, you're right. He immediately sort of like puts that unpleasantness of, of wall vaulting behind him, <laughs> straightens his suit, and it's time to get the business. Because then the business at hand is almost in direct um, uh, opposition to the action that he's taken, right? Mm. He's gone to right. great lengths to appease Chuck, but instead he's actually delivering news to Chuck that is not appeasing him. So mm. I find it interesting that you know the writers gave me this sort of great gift and a bit of insight of saying like, well, if you're going to deliver this particular news that may or may, that may not sit well with Chuck, then why are you deferring to him in your method of getting to his house? And the fact <laughs> is, he, you know what I mean, right? right? You just you just drive up and come to the front door, but he doesn't. And I think yeah, that, right. that is very much a key and a clue into what he thinks about Chuck or what he thinks he owes Chuck. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh- the beauty of episode two, there's actually quite a bit of like actual comedy in it. And what I loved about that particular scene coming over the walls and such is when it's all said and done, I was like, I looked at my wife, uh, cause she watches it with me. I'm like, uh, that was a, I'm like, was that unnecessary that he chose that route to get there? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so I don't know if it was necessarily unnecessary, but it, like, it makes you question that. Like you said, like just, uh, the way that it plays out is, is, is absolutely beautiful and uh, and very oh, well thanks. done. I'm glad you. I, I'm glad you like it. And also on a, on a practical note, when you know Vince called, he goes, "Yeah, so we're going to be doing this." And I see the schedule, and I'm like, "Well, this is me hopping over a wall. How fucking long could this possibly take?" And they've got like six hours scheduled out. And I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and 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 then we get there, and it it dawns on me. One, you're working with Vince Gilligan, the director, who's meticulous and detail oriented. You know, he wants to shoot it from the squirrel's point of view. You know what I mean? And so he's not even sure how he's going to capture it on the day. Like he has an idea, absolutely, of what he sort of thinks he wants. But he's always open to once you stand in the space, you know, wherever the muses take you. And um, so all of a sudden it was like, you know, a camera is up in a jungle gym. It's sitting next to a rose bush. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets said, are you okay on doing this? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine on doing this. So once, once you stake that claim and put plant that flag of like, dude, I totally got this. It's just a wall vault. And then you realize about, Oh, 10, 15 takes in. You're like, Oh, my, uh, my arms are fucking hurting. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't back down now. That, you know now you're the asshole in the suit who said no, no, I'm fine. So, uh, <laughs> it ended up being a really, really fun morning. So um, last time we chatted, we we brought up the question to you: uh, Who is the uh, the second Hamlin? Do you think we're ever going to find that out? Um, you know, uh, <laughs> that that remains to be seen, and uh, I, I still uh, I still have my opinions about who that should be. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there's lots happening this season. So you, you, mm-hmm. you never know. We all want to know who that, who that second H is, is just as long as he doesn't take any of my money. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Fair, fair enough. And then, uh, the, the last thing I had for you is, uh, last time we spoke, when you got on the phone, your, your children were wreaking havoc. So just on a personal note, how's the, uh, how's the family? How's the wife and kids? Oh, you know, my four and six year old daughter, they don't have any opinions about anything. It's really great. When daddy speaks, that's the final word in the house. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just, I, 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 this is how my life is right now. Uh, it, it's spring break for the kids, and uh, they almost got into a fist fight deciding if we were going to go see Boss Baby or Beauty and the Beast today. And I was <laughs> suggesting going to the beach. And they were like, no! And I'm like, oh, that's great. I've raised children that scream at the idea of going into nature. Good for me. <laughs> yeah, I but they're great. My wife's great. She's a, she's a writer-director, so she's out pitching TV. We're doing a short film uh, this weekend at the house. So it's a very busy nice. artistic house. The kids might actually be in the movie this time. So, um, Ooh, so we'll see. It's, cool. it, it's all good. It's all good. I got no, no complaints. Well, uh, great. Uh, you know, I'm glad to hear everything's going great. And, uh, you know, once again, great performance so far in uh, season two from what I've seen. And I know uh, Dave had uh, a question for you about some of your other projects. Yeah, I was wondering yeah, if we sure. could uh, discuss Driver X at all. I see you've been promoting that a lot and uh looks like it's finishing oh, you know, development. Uh, Driver X, uh, hopefully, we're, we're going to be getting into the L.A. Film Festival. We are waiting on the word this this week, as a matter of fact, nice. and then, in which case we would have the premiere there, which would be great. So film is locked. It's been sweetened. It's been a long process because it's a low budget film. And so, you know, people have other jobs in between mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. But, uh, I saw the latest cut and it's been interesting watching it because one of our first cuts was a director's cut. I eat very bloated. We kept sort of everything in and it was long. It was like, you know, almost two and a half hours. Like Ooh. we're making some sort of French student film from 1968. We're like, <laughs> look, I, I like, looking, I like looking at me, but not even for two and a half hours. And so, uh, you bring an outside editor in to sort of take a look at the pile of what you have. And it was interesting to have some new eyes come in and be like, oh, I know you think your movie's this, but your movie's actually this. Right. And so now we've got a cut that's about 90 minutes. It's, it's sharp, it's fast, it's good, it's got good music, and, uh, and I'm really thrilled. So I'm hoping the premiere is going to be the LA Film Festival sometime in June, but I can't say or announce that officially uh, at least for like another week and a half. Um, if not, then we're moving on to some other distri distributors that we have it lined up. So... It's all going good, and it's looking good, and it finally found itself uh, a good size and a good good running time. Awesome, yeah. Hope, that's, that's, hope as well. That's wonderful. I, I hope uh, when it has a proper release and everything is all set and, and, and you're off and running with it, you know, I hope you come back on our uh, Nothing Important podcast and uh, chat about it with us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, but on a side note, I just got back from Vancouver working on a show called Lucifer, which is on Fox. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, okay, okay, yeah. Um, I, I didn't know about it because, you know, I, I got – you know, young kids. So I know about Jake and the Neverland Pirates, but I guess Lucifer has been on. It, it, it's part of the Marvel universe. And so I, I went up there blind, not knowing anything about it. And they are such a fun cast. I had such a blast and the show just got picked up for 22 more episodes. And nice. so they're thrilled. Right. Tom Ellis plays Lucifer and he's great. And I got a big, big fat uh, guest star in every scene in the episode. And, uh, I'm not sure when that's coming out. It may come out sometime in May or June. Um, I'm not sure of their, their schedule, but uh, uh, it's Lucifer, and and, uh, and I'm in it, and I'm really thrilled. Awesome. Wonderful. Follow-up question. And just... <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Follow-up <laughs> question. Have you heard Disturbed's cover of Sound of Silence? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I can't say that I have. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. We were discussing this earlier, and I said that we should ask you about it. <laughs> so I'd be the one, I would be the one who knows. This, so, is, this is a tiebreaker. Uh, it, yeah, that's all. So, 
I, I work in a I work in an office space with a with a bunch of different lawyers and such, and uh, that's actually where I'm recording right now. And every once in a while, somebody will see me with a microphone at work and stuff, and they ask what I do. And uh, yeah, I'm, so like it, it's now out in the open that that I do these podcasts because I, I usually used to never let anybody know, but now everybody around here knows. And uh, I was like, oh well, I got to go take my lunch break because we're gonna chat with uh, Patrick Fabian uh, from Better Call Saul. And uh, one of the random interns goes, Patrick Fabian, wasn't that guy on Saved by the Bell? And you were on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm Professor Lasky for a lot of people until I'm dead. As a matter of fact, when I die, on my tombstone, it will say, he kissed Kelly Kapowski. That's pretty much it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe the math works out. You were 29 What's that? You, you were 29 and she was 19. So how awesome was that? If you're trying to get, if you're trying to get a, a, a half chub while talking to me, go right ahead. Yes, <laughs> All right. 29. <laughs> and it was legal, FYI, for anybody who's listening in case the feds or the NSA thought that. Uh, yeah. uh, yes, I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, and there was, uh, you know, I, I'm on the show. And I, I get all this, uh, I can't believe I even told you this before. So I get on the show and they air a couple of episodes and I start getting like garbage bags full of mail that say, you're so cute, Professor Lasky. I love your hair, <laughs> Professor Lasky. I want to be an anthropology, Professor Lasky. And then I kiss Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany Amber Thiessen on the show. <laughs> and of course that breaks up Zach and her, the long, long standing relationship. And so then the next week I get like twice as much mail saying, I hate you. Your hair is awful. How dare you? <laughs> You so son of a bitch. Today, I walk through airports, and airports are my favorite. That's really my that's my wheelhouse. If the world comes to an end, I'm going to just move to an airport because <laughs> I go and all the dudes who are working the, the the fast food joints and whatnot, they're all like, "Yo, you kissed Kelly Kapowski," and I'm like, "Yeah, word." I put my hand up in the black power fist and I keep walking. <laughs> um, and the girls who oh, see me are like, "Oh, oh." You're Professor Lasky. So they get excited because they first had a crush. And then it immediately, like like a turd in the cell, they go, oh, oh, you're Professor Lasky. And I'm like, I get it. Yes, I violated everything. Sorry. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm so glad I brought that up now. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, why. Absolutely. And you know, who, who, who is it? Is that intern, a young lady or a young man? Uh, it was a young man. The young man. Will you tell him that uh, even though it's about 25 years old, that kiss is better than any kiss he's ever going to have in his life. <laughs> <laughs> how does he know? I how does an intern know about a show 25 years ago? <laughs> well, you know what? Because TNT and TBS reran it in like two hour blocks. Oh, that's right. Um, for about 20 years. Yeah, that's so cool. there, there was this wave every, I always called it like an entry level um, sitcom. Because when you're like 11, 12, and 13, or 14, these are all safe um, archetypes in a very sort of safe thing. Like your mom would let you watch it because they'd make fun of Screech, but they'd eventually say, you're our friend. Right. It was kind of sexual, mm -hmm. but nothing ever really happened. <laughs> so, right. You know what I mean? So it was something that like a 12-year-old could own as their show, as their own adult show. And I used to call it the, the, uh, the bag of chips show. You'd come home from school and you'd open up a bag of potato chips and you'd watch two episodes of Saved by the Bell and then you'd mm -hmm. do your thing. <laughs> so consequently, for like 20 years, um, everybody who was turning 12 would see Tiffany and be like, well, that's cute. Or they'd see Paul, like Paul Gosser and go, that's cute. I mean, the only weird thing is that Mario Lopez literally hasn't changed. He's exactly the same <laughs> as he was yes. back in 1992. He's a wax mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, you can out crunch you and me. When the Holocaust, oh. I mean, when, when the apocalypse comes, he'll be doing crunches and you'll be beaten. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Well, uh, 
Uh, Patrick, it's an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, uh, I, I guess this will be uh, It's All Good Man on It's All Good Man, and we're looking forward to have you on the Nothing Important podcast. And uh, real quick, Dave and I uh, were actually throwing around the idea of starting a podcast with you called uh, Gib Gab with the PFAB. <laughs> I tell you what, you get an appropriate logo, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to make it like a monthly show. My- once a month, we'll we'll do that with PFA. <laughs> I'll, I'll fire up my MS Paint skills shortly. <laughs> and, uh, Let me know what you got, man. <laughs> all right, Patrick Fabian, thank you so much. All right, thank you, Jets. I'll see you later in the season. All right, thanks, Patrick. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> all right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, so there was the actual hang-up noise. All right, Patrick Fabian, always a pleasure. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is. It, He's just like the happiest, nicest guy ever, right? Right. That's that's like, the kind and, of people that are successful, man. Just really, really good people. Like the more people we run into like this, it just reaffirms it, man. They're just some cool people. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I hope you enjoyed our uh, chat with Patrick Fabian, Howard Hamlin from Better Call Saul, and uh, make sure to subscribe and keep listening to It's All Good, man. The better Better Call Saul podcast. And, uh, and keep an eye out for Driver X because it does look pretty cool. I like the, the idea of the plot, and I want to see him in that starring role. Absolutely. Absolutely.